Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. God is. This is this is the journey we've been on for the last several weeks where we've been discovering who God is, learning different attributes of God. Our very first week, we learned about that God is all-knowing, or in the big word, omniscient. He is all-knowing. He knows all. He understands all. He sees all. From the past to the present to even the future, God is all-knowing. Our second week, we learned about God is omnipresent, or he is always present with us. Everywhere we are, he's there. He's here. He's in China. He's in Korea. He's in Italy. Right here, right now, God's presence is everywhere because God is everywhere and present at all times. Uh, then we learn about he is all-powerful. He is all the things that, that he can do. He can move mountains. He can create universes. He is all-powerful and yet small enough to care for us. Last week, we learned about God is gracious, that he shows us how loving, how kind he is through our shortcomings and our mistakes. Uh, today, we're going to continue with an attribute that's actually going to kind of have three kind of in one, uh, but it kind of summarizes with the one word that we're going to focus on. Show of hands today to get us started. How many of you guys have ever been disappointed by somebody in your life? Raise your hand. Have you ever been disappointed by someone in your life? Okay. Hands down. How many of someone has ever... Uh, let you down or told you a lie? Anybody ever told you a lie? Raise your hands. All right. How many guys in this place, a lot of you participate, some of you, you must just have amazing people around you. You're like, they're all good. Um, how many of you guys would say today that uh, you definitely have felt some real pain from relationships? Raise your hands all across this place. Now, here's the, here's the challenge in what I was, I'm going to talk about today. Uh, the challenge in our world today is because I want to talk to you today about God is trustworthy. And what's hard about this concept or this attribute of God is that because we don't know of too many people in our lives that are trustworthy or can be trusted. How much can you trust the people around you? We would love to say we could trust them uh, and without any shadow of a doubt, but the fact is, that's just not life. Why? Because we're imperfect, flawed human beings full of a, a world of sin. And that sin entices us to break and breach trust, unfortunately, in our world. But there is one thing that we have to always remember. God is trustworthy. God is always trustworthy. Here's the three things you need to be trusted. You ready for this? Three things you need to be trusted. You must tell the truth. A trustworthy person tells the truth. The second thing is, uh, a trustworthy person does the right thing, even when the right thing is difficult. So a trustworthy person tells the truth, and a trustworthy person does the right thing, even when the right thing is difficult. And the last thing a trustworthy person is, they are reliable and they are dependable you can count on them no matter what. They are people of their word. And the sad part is we have seen a decline in that in our world. When I was growing up, or actually I shouldn't say that, not even my, my generation is actually not, uh, not at all 
Um, don't, don't even get props for this, but the generation before me and the generation before me. So my grandfather and my father's generation, they lived life under a code. A handshake is your bond. Hello? Y'all hear me? If someone shook your hand on a deal, that deal was as good as their life being taken from them because they were people of the word. Now, that's a generalized statement. I'm not saying that everyone in that generation, but I'm saying for the most part, my grandfather's generation and my father's generation, a handshake was all there was. My generation comes along and now you need lawyers, right? A handshake doesn't mean nothing. A handshake is just you touch palms and that's it. There's nothing more to it. But in, our, in my generation comes along and now it's litigation and now it's no one can be trusted. And then now fast forward to the generation after me, my kid's generation, there's no trust at all. There's no trust in leadership. There's no trust in authority. In fact, authority is questioned in every direction. There's no trust in, um, in, in, in our political system. There's no trust in what's on social media because why? Fake book, right? Snap crap, Instagram. You guys heard all these. I've made fun of all these. Instagram. It's, it's all filtered. It's not trustworthy. You have people that put their stuff out there on Facebook, and man, they make their life look amazing, but deep down, it's destroyed, and it's not trustworthy of what's really going on. Here's what uh, Psalm 33, verse 4 says. It says this, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Let's read that again. Read along with me if you would. For the word of the Lord is right and he is in all he does. Father, help us today to recognize you are trustworthy. We can take it to the bank and know that if you said it, you're going to do it because there is nothing in you that would lie. Help us to learn today that not only you trustworthy, but you call us to be trustworthy as well. So God, be with us, I pray, in the next few moments of time. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Three things in that, that verse that we just read. It says, for the, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The three words are he is right, he is true, and he is faithful. He is right, he is true, he is faithful. Hey, Pastor Kevin, is there anything that God cannot do? Yes, there are things that God cannot do. Now, I know you're saying, well, you just preach about it. He's all powerful. Yes, I, I know that. Here's three things God cannot do. God cannot do wrong. God cannot sin because he is holy. God cannot lie. He is not a man that he should have to lie, Scripture says. And third thing is, God cannot break a promise. Why? Because he does not lie and he does not do wrong. God is holy, God is just, and God is faithful. So we as, as people, as humans, we should have no problem trusting God. But the problem is when we make God like us. When we demote God and we bring God to the lowest denominator of human thinking. People do this all the time. They think, well, if I was God, I would do this. You're not God. He's not going to do it that way. We can't ever fathom what he does. Because why? He's holy, he's just, and he's faithful. 
Unfortunately, the human condition is unfaithful. The human condition is not just. It's unjust. The human condition is unholy. The human condition really determines our outlook on God, and that's the problem. That's why I really feel it's important for us to understand that God is trustworthy, that we can depend on what he says. Here's what Joshua, chapter 21, verse 45. Who's Joshua? Real quick, Joshua was the, um, the one that came after Moses, and he was the one that took the people into the, to the promised land. And here's what Joshua said about God. And this was after they were in the desert for 40 years and they had, they had struggled in life. Here's what Joshua said in Joshua 21, verse 45. It says, not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. Not one. Think about that. Not one promise did God ever break. Can you say that about yourself? Can you say that about somebody that you know? No, because guess what? He's God. And not one of his promises were ever broken. They all have been fulfilled. And this is played out no more than any other relationship than God's relationship with the people of Israel. The children of Israel, the Israel nation, God has proven himself trustworthy over and over and over again. Throughout the Old Testament, God made promises to the nation of Israel. First, he started with Abraham. Uh, If you are not a part of our our Wednesday night uh, study that we're doing, uh, we are doing a study on Genesis, and we're learning about these characters. uh, First off, Abraham and Sarah. Abraham was promised, even though he was well into his upper age, he was promised a son. He never had one. Him and Sarah were promised, and and uh, Sarah didn't think it was going to happen so much so that she chuckled at God. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But yet God did it. God said, you're going to have a son. They had a son later in life. And he told him, he said, you're going to have so many descendants, as many as sand, uh, sand, grains of sand by the seashore. That's going to be your descendants. As many numerous as the stars, that's going to be the numbers of your descendants. Why? Because God is trustworthy. Think about it. No nation has been attacked more than Israel. They have been beat down. They have been enslaved, started back in Egypt when they were in slavery. And God said, I will bring you out. He sent Moses in and brought them out. Fast forward throughout history, the Jewish people have been the most persecuted uh, race that there is on the face of the earth. And yet they still survive through uh, through all the things that has happened, God has protected them through the atrocities of World War I and World War II and what took place. God protected his people. Why? Because God proved himself trustworthy. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says he is a faithful God, keeping his covenant to a thousand generations. God said it. You can bank on it. He will do it. Over, in the last 4,000 years, God remained faithful to the Israelites, and he still does to this day. He still provides and, and covers all them. God is faithful. He never breaks a promise. Do you realize there are 7,000 promises in the Bible? 7,000. 7,000 promises that God said, not man said, but God said to humans. 
God said to the Israelites. God said to uh, believers in Christ Jesus, 7,000 promises that God said he will do. And even if he hasn't done them yet, does not mean he will not do them. Because God is trustworthy. Turn to your neighbor and say, he is trustworthy today. And because he is trustworthy, there are five things you can depend on when it comes to God. Here they are. Write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, you can depend on God to forgive your sins. You can trust God to defend your, to, to forgive your sins. First uh, John 1, 9, if we freely admit that we have sinned, we find him reliable and just. He forgives us and makes us thoroughly clean from all that is evil. Forgiveness from God is not just happenstance. Just because you breathe does not mean you are forgiven. Hear this today. You are not forgiven by good works that you do. You're not forgiven by a penitence or a certain act that you perform. Here's the, here's the Bible, what it does. It gives a promise, it gives a premise, and then it's a promise that's fulfilled. God says that he will forgive your sins when? When will he forgive your sins? When you ask him to forgive you your sins. Just because you come to church today, you are not forgiven of your sins. Just because you try to live a good life, you are not forgiven of your sins. You are forgiven of your sins when you admit that you are a sinner, you, you have sinned, you have done wrong, and you ask him to forgive you of your sins. It's not forgiveness by osmosis. Hear that? It is forgiveness by actions. And the action is, I admit I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I ask him, I ask him by his grace to forgive me of my sins. So many times, what do we do? We try to live the right life. We do, we do something stupid. We, make, we sin. We try to fix it, try to make it right. We try to alter it. We try to, we try to do all kinds of things to make the life different for us. And the fact is, the only way we get forgiveness of sins is by simply admitting and asking, how easy is that? How simple is that? But how complicated we make it? I said this last week, and it's actually a quote that went online. God loves you just the way you are, but God will not leave you just the way you are because he loves you. But the first thing that you need to do is to ask him to forgive you of your sins. If you haven't done that in your life, if you've come to church for years and maybe weeks at a time and you don't even know, you just know that you feel something. Let me tell you something. You are forgiven of your sins when you admit you need his salvation and you ask him to forgive you. He gives it freely to you. And everybody who's forgiven says, thank you, Jesus. Everybody who's really forgiven says, thank you, Jesus. Come on now. That's exciting stuff. Secondly, not only can we trust God to forgive our sins, but we can trust God to give us guidance. Uh, how many guys today would say that at this stage of your life, you need some direction on what to do? Maybe a decision's got to be made. Maybe a big decision, small decision. Go ahead and raise your hands up high. Let me see them. Yeah, hands up all over the place. Big decisions, job decisions. Uh, uh, maybe it's work decisions. Maybe it's a, 
uh, uh, financial, uh, financial decisions, maybe it's discipline decisions with your kids, whatever it is, we all at some point in our life are going to need to ask God for direction. Here's what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Trust him. Ask him for direction and trust that he will give you the direction. The premise is you trust him. The promise is he will, he will guide you. He will guide you. You have a big decision to make? Ask him. He will guide you. If you've got to make a decision about your future, you've got to make a decision about uh, a situation you're facing, maybe it's your workplace. Uh, some of you, maybe it's a decision just to know what to do for your kids and their school system and, and what's going on there. Whatever the decision is, whatever the guidance is you need, ask God. Listen, fortune tellers will let you down. The glass ball, will, you won't see anything but glass. Uh, the palm reading is a joke. Uh, Oprah doesn't know what she's talking about. Hello? Right? <laughs> Uh, politicians don't have a clue, right? This, I thought, I thought I'd get more of a hand clap for that one than that Oprah, but I mean, we look to so many different things for guidance, missing the one who created us and knows the past, present, and future, Think about it. We read self-help books, and I'm not against self-help books. I think they're great. If, if they help you, great. But don't live your life based on them. Don't live your life solely looking at, well, it happened for them this way, so therefore it happened for me this way. No, no, no. You need to know that God wants to give you more than anything in life. He wants to forgive your sins. He wants to help you through the struggles of your life. He wants to give you guidance if you need direction for your future, he's not got a carrot out there dangling around just so far out in front and you're trying to reach and grab it. No, seek him, ask him, and he will guide your path. Here's two ways that I have found God direct my path. Write these down if you don't have them. Two things that I've seen God direct my path. First off, through his word, through his Bible, through his words to me, God-inspired scripture, uh, the book of Proverbs, Oh my, the book of Proverbs. If you haven't read it, read it. Every day, read it. It will direct your path because it'll say things like this. You're a fool. <laughs> You're a simpleton. I mean, really encouraging book. But it says things like this. Blessed are the wise because the wise do these things. And we want to be wise. So we're going to ask God through the Bible. We're going to get direction. And the second thing is through godly counsel through people that have done it before me. I look to many different people in my life, mentors, godly mentors that I look up to, and I say, hey, I'm in this situation. How did you handle this? And how, do I, how could I navigate or negotiate this? And they'll speak into my life. I use God's word as the base. I use counsel as a confirmation to what God's word has already said to me where I'm at. So we trust God to forgive us our sins. We trust God to give us guidance. Third thing, this is a big one. We can trust God to settle the score. <laughs> we can trust God to settle the score. Anybody in here ever uh, have an enemy in life? Anybody that I know we're saying we're not supposed to have any? I got three hands up. And they're like, I ain't saying that in church. I don't have enemies. 
Anybody have somebody they, they didn't quite care for too much? They did some silly stuff? Yeah? Yeah? Okay, well, guess what? Here's what Scripture says. Uh, so many times people read the newspaper, and they look for that person to see if they got theirs. Right? I mean, I don't even know what newspaper is anymore. I mean, I know some of you still get it, but it's mostly digital now. But so many times people scour the newspaper to see who got theirs. And if it was somebody that they wanted to get theirs. Sadly, God tells us that he is the settler of the score. Uh, Life's not fair. And we live in a world that's trying to make it fair. It isn't fair. It's not fair that you are born of a lower class, a low income class than a higher income class. That's not fair, but guess what? That's life, right? It's not fair that you are maybe born with the color of skin that you have, but guess what? That's life. So God is not about in the fair business. In fact, if you look throughout scripture, he wasn't fair about a lot of things. You read the Old Testament, my gosh, I look at it and go, God, you weren't fair. You were downright brutal. But guess what? God always will settle the score. So say you have somebody that uh, you've had a hard time with, somebody that has hurt you. God will settle the score in eternity in two places, heaven or hell. God will settle the score. Someone's hurt you. Someone's taken advantage of you. Someone's molested you or emotionally abused you or physically abused you. Someone's done things to you that we can't speak of in church. Guess what I'm here to tell you? You can get better or you can get better. And if you get bitter, I'm sorry, you can get bitter or you can get better. If you get bitter, it's because you want the score to settle. If you get better, it's because you trust God to settle the score. Romans 12, 19 says this, Dear friends, never avenge for yourselves. Leave that to God. For he has said he will repay those who deserve it. You don't know how, you don't know when, but you have to trust that God will. God's not caught off guard. God's not caught by surprise. There's nothing that is done that he's like, oh my gosh, that shocked me. Didn't know that was going to happen. God's not caught off guard. He's not caught by surprise. No, why? Because he sees all, he knows all, he's all knowing. You have two options in life. When you get hurt, when you get taken advantage of, when you feel like you have been betrayed, you have two options. One, defend yourself and get payback. The comeuppance, right? Or number two, ask God to heal the brokenness of your life and trust that he has your back. No one demonstrated this more than Jesus Christ himself. When they punched him, when they smacked him, when they cursed at him, when they beat him down and bloodied his entire body, he had every right to say, do you know, I've done nothing. I am innocent. And yet you treat me like I'm a criminal. But he did not. Here's what 1 Peter 2, 23 says. It says, Jesus never answered back when he was insulted. When he suffered, he did not threaten to get even. He left his case, listen, he left his case where? He's left his case in the hands of God. Where'd he leave him? In 
the hands of God. Say it with me. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges just. Judges justly. He's trustworthy. We can trust him to forgive us of our sins. We can trust him to give us guidance. We can trust him to settle the score. Number four, we can trust him uh, and depend on him to reward our generosity, to reward our generosity. Luke 6.38 says, Given it will be given to you, for with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Or the same portion you give, the same attitude you give, it will be given back to you. Now listen, I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel here. I'm not talking about, I'm not preaching because we need money or we need tithes or offering. I'm preaching this from, from my heart to your heart. Guys, listen, God sees your generosity. He understands your generosity. And if you're greatly generous, God will greatly be generous back to you. For the same measure you give, if you give with an open hand and you give with an open arm to God, God will give back to you with open arms and open hands. But if you give to God with tight, clenched fists and holding on to everything you want, it's my money, I earned it, he doesn't get any of it, it's my money, I wanna do what I wanna do with it, I want it now, you will get the same measure given back to you, which is not good. Y'all hear me? A tithe, a 10%, is what God said is to be returned to the storehouse of God. But let me tell you something. God does not need your tithe. God does not need your money. But God, I've said this time and again, God doesn't, God wants you to have money. God wants you to enjoy money. He just doesn't want money to have you. He doesn't want it to own you. So it's why the principle of tithing, the number one competitor of our soul is money. It's the number one competitor. It's the thing that everybody in the world is trying to get, money, 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 money. God says, listen, you can't have two masters. You can't, you can't say you're going to do this and the other, or you'll treat one better than the other. So treat only me the best. You cannot outgive God. See, there's two kinds of people in this world. There's the givers and the takers. There's the open-handed, generous people, and there's the clenched-fist people that say, if you want it, you have to pry it from my cold, dead hands. And God says, much obliged. I'll help that out. Just joking. Generous people I find in the world today, generous people, not of just the amount of money they give, because everyone has a different portion in which they can give. Some can give 10, some can give hundreds, and some can give thousands. It's not about the amount, it's about the attitude in which we give. And when we give, God rewards our generosity. Proverbs 22, verse uh, 22 says this, a generous man will himself be blessed. He will be blessed. You wanna find fruitfulness in your life and blessing? Be generous in how you give. And that's not just of of shoeboxes. That's not just of tithes. That's of your time. 
what you invest in the kingdom of God. That's of your talents, the gifts that God's given you. Be generous in those things and watch God give back. I've told the story uh, many times, and it's just very appropriate for this particular one, is the owner of Hobby Lobby. And you guys have heard about Hobby Lobby over the last several years, especially when it comes to uh, birth control and things like that and how they have had to go to court and fight because of their con- religious convictions as, a, as an organization and what they have written down, where they stand. It's interesting. When they started off, they didn't have all these things, but the owner committed one thing. He said, God, I know that your scripture says that I give 10% back I get 10% back to you and I get to live on 90. But the owner of Hobby Lobby said, but I believe in your principle so much, I will live on 10% and give 90 back to you. And you look at Hobby Lobby and how blessed it is, not just in stores, but in the fact that it's been taken to court and has been defended over and over again. You know what that's called? That is called God's got their backs. And we learn that through generosity, through obedience, that God can do more with 90% or with 10% than we can with 100. Always remember that. God forgives us our sins. God trusts us to, to give us guidance. We can trust God to settle the score. We trust God to, uh, to reward my generosity. And here's the last one is this. I can depend or trust in God to remember my service, to remember my service. When you do right and no one sees, God sees. When, you're, when you give somebody something in the quietness of a relationship, as far as a friendship or a, a, a someone that's struggling, no one needs to know God sees. God sees what's going on in the dark, in the secret. If you're here and you're a single mom, you're a single mom and you're struggling to raise your kids, you're struggling to figure out how to make everything balance out and your kids are draining you and it's just like from every part of you is just so drained. I'm here to tell you, God sees your service to them. You're an employee, God sees your service to your employer. You may not feel recognized, you may not feel uh, uh, blessed or you might not feel like you're acknowledged for it, but I'm here to tell you, God sees the secret that you do and the service that you do. It says this, Hebrews 6, 10, God is not unfair. He will not forget all that you have done, nor the loving labor which you have shown for his sake in looking after fellow Christians. God will not forget. God will not forget. Remember what I said at the beginning? Never been a promise that God did not keep. God will not forget your service. Here at Crossview, so many people serve. And what I mean by that is giving of their time, their talents, and their treasures. They serve by uh, the, the security that right now is, come, uh, is keeping our campus secure so that any dangers that would come in would be able to be as protected as we possibly could be. We have children's workers downstairs that are investing in the little minds and lives of generations to come. We have our Wednesday nights. Our Wednesday nights are, are uh, with uh, the, the edge in the 6th through 12th grade, seeing so many kids that don't have church anywhere in their life come into the edge and hearing about this Jesus and how he changes their life. And they don't have to be the same. They don't have to settle. God has something better. So many people that 
are investing in the worship team, the music, and, and behind the scenes with our online campus, our online service that is becoming bigger and growing over and over again. We're seeing God do so many things to the people who serve this community here at Crossview. That is because we know that God, we can trust God to remember our service. Some people you'll never see, and yet they serve tirelessly behind closed doors. Now, here to tell you that God will remember your service, but wait, you gotta give him service to remember. Hear me? God, God can't make up service you don't got. If you're not serving, if you're not giving, if you're not moving beyond yourself, God's not going to be up there and say, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of, you know, hey, they, they did this. I'll just kind of, well, they said hi to somebody. Bing, they're hospitable. No, 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 come on. In order to, for God to remember your service, you have to find a place and find a, a niche, find something that you enjoy and serve him with everything that is in you. You have to give him something. He can only remember our generosity if we're generous. <laughs> he can remember our service if we're serving. He can only remember what we give him to remember. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, So for no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So ask yourself today, ask yourself, who's trustworthy in my life? And I would say probably we don't have a whole lot of people, but we know one. God himself is completely trustworthy, trustworthy to forgive us of our sins, trustworthy to give us guidance when we need him the most, trustworthy to settle the score. We don't have to worry about taking vengeance. It is his, not ours. Trustworthy that in our generosity, he will reward us back. And finally, trustworthy to remember that when we serve, though no others see, he's always taking account. Bow your heads with me today. Father God, help us today to know that, Lord, in a world that trust is broken, trust is breached, trust is shaken all the time, God, it's Unfortunately, humanity has forgotten how to be trustworthy. So God, we need you to help us as Christians. We need you to help us to be the trustworthy ones. Just as we trust you, God, just as we can trust you and we see your attributes in your life, may that reflect in our own lives. God, we as Christians should be the people of our word. Our handshake is our bond. Our word stands true because we have one of a higher power we answer to, and that's you, God. You're trustworthy, and we too should be trustworthy in our business dealings, in our home life, in uh, our, uh, our work that we go to every day as we work with our employers and our employees. God, uh, how we deal with finances, how we work in the school system. God, we must become trustworthy as you are trustworthy. We won't be perfect. We 
will not be perfect. But we know that, God, you are the one who stirs us to become trustworthy. And, God, you want us to become trustworthy. You want us to be faithful in all we do, serving all those around us. Because, Jesus, you showed us. You showed us, Jesus, that we could trust you no matter what. So, God, in the next few moments of time, may you search our hearts. Where do we need to ask you? What do we need to admit to you? What do we need to bring to you, God, to celebrate the fact that you are trustworthy? We trust you, Jesus, to be our hope, to be our help, to be trustworthy, God. this place, that as they leave this place, this week, 
not only would they recognize you being trustworthy, but that God, they would also survey their life and they would become trustworthy as well. They would be people, we would be people of our words. We would say it and it is done because why? You can bank on it just as you do, as we trust you, God. So Lord, I pray you go with us. Help us every day to learn more and more and more how we can trust you just as every single struggle in our life is real. God, we can trust you to heal those painful places of our life. Can we sing that again, Jesus, Jesus? And Jesus, Jesus, come on. You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com.